Hey there, sit right back and get comfortable. You are listening to Broker Talk, the number one weekly real estate podcast hosted by brokers with almost 50 years of experience in the real estate brokerage industry, including residential, commercial, investment, development, and marketing, including radio and television, magazines, books, websites, and of course, podcasts. Your Broker Talk hosts today are Larry Lawfer and myself, Jim Lowenstern. Evan is on the soundboard. We're once again broadcasting from the top of the Castles Unlimited Space Needle in Boston, Massachusetts. How you doing today, Larry? I'm doing just great, uh, Jim. We've got a great show today. Uh, we have several titles for it. Uh, going Green, The Least You Can Go. Um, surprisingly Easy Energy Efficient Steps to Saving the Environment and Your Money. Saving Your Money and Our Planet. Saving your home, your money, and your world. Energy efficiency. We're talking green today. And it's sponsored by the Republican Party. <laughs> I don't think quite the... Re- anyway, we're moving on. There's no politics. This is a no politics zone. Um, our guest today is uh, uh, an honor to have him with us, Craig Foley. Um, I'm a big fan of Craig. I got my green designation uh, from uh, NAR. Uh, he was the teacher. Uh, and green National is, Association of Realtors. Correct. Yes. And that's designed for agents looking to learn about issues of energy efficiency, sustainability in real estate. Craig is an expert. He's an educator, an advocate for greener homes. His knowledge is deep. His concern is great. And his opinions are strongly held. Brokertalk.com is pleased and honored to have Craig Foley of Sustainable Real Estate Consulting Services, a lead green associate and chief sustainability officer for Lair Realty Partners. Welcome, Craig. Thank you, Larry. That's a lot of words uh, in your bio there, sir. And yeah, please, uh, just jump past the buyer. You did a great job. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be on the show with you guys. Thanks so much for, for uh, asking me to be on. I wanted to share a story with you uh, and give you a sense of what people, um, and new home buyers, first-time home buyers, are, are asking out there. I have a, a listing here in Newton, which is a town right outside Boston, beautiful Newton. And um, it's an older home built in 1890. Uh, it's got a dirt floor. People, the new home buyers, the first time home buyers coming in, uh, will always get in a conversation with me about the energy efficiency of the home. These, these younger people are aware they need to do something and they want to do something. They can save money and they can save the environment. Um, how do you deal with people like that, uh, Craig, when you get questions uh, about how to make an older home uh, more energy efficient? What are the things they can do? Well, that's an excellent question. Um, and, you know, oftentimes, as you know, Larry, out there in the field, particularly in greater Boston, it's really tough for particularly young buyers to find the perfect house. So you have to look for kind of the imperfect house and what the opportunities are after the point of sale to improve it and make it be something that you can live in and feel comfortable in. Um, so 
Absolutely. The first step, I mean, this is a Newton listing, so you're in an investor-owned utility. The first step, as soon as you set up the utility accounts, um, um, once you own the home, is to call MassAve and take advantage of some of the incredible incentives that they offer for making the home more energy efficient, for making it more comfortable to live in, making the, low, the operating costs lower. And, and as you've said, we've, we've got plenty of data from, from NAR that shows that we've got a growing segment of the population now that is also, you know, aware of their own environmental footprint, and they want to do what they can to just be good neighbors in the community and, and participate in uh, being part of a solution to some of the big challenges that are out there in front of us. Well, Craig, uh, that it's it's true, Craig, that uh, Mass Save is a is a wonderful program. We are based here in Massachusetts, but our show is uh, worldwide now, and I do know across the country, each state is is mandated to save energy in ways that they can, and the energy companies are funding places like Mass Save. I know Texas has a, a program like this as well. It, we want to make our homes more energy efficient. So are there a couple of things when you're looking at, do you look at the windows? Is it insulation? What are a couple of things that uh, people are, can do themselves to, to help uh, their home? Well, you know, most people think, you know, the easiest way to, to deal with the problem is to put solar panels on the home, solar PV, photovoltaics. And the general rule of thumb in the energy efficiency industry and in the building science world is to not go there first. It's to reduce before you produce, right? Produce is the production of energy with the solar PV system, taking the sun's uh, photons and turning them into voltage, PV, photovoltaics. Uh, the better idea is to get an energy assessment done, whatever state you're in or across the world, get a professional to come in to do an evaluation on the best steps to reduce energy. That will, by lowering your demand, it will also lower the size of the PV system if you eventually want to go there. The most cost-efficient step is certainly not replacing the windows. The most cost-efficient step, you know, building science uh, geeks across the world will, will, will uh, state this, is air sealing and insulation work. Um, in our state, we have incredible incentives. The state will pay for three-quarters of uh, insulation blown into an attic, as you know, homes uh, around here in greater Boston. We've got an old housing stock, and we run into a lot of homes uh, that need that kind of upgrade. But the air sealing work uh, is perhaps even more important, getting the building to be tight, right? And that's something probably, you know, this is a broker talk um, uh, show. So I would say that that's something that is a misperception, not only in the general public, but particularly with real estate agents, right? That we somehow have been told in our real estate classes, Larry, that we need our homes to breathe, right? And it's true. We do want proper ventilation in our homes, but we want controlled ventilation. I think what many realtors think is that our home's breathing means we need a really leaky home. 
and a really leaky home is completely uncontrolled ventilation. So we want to control the ventilation, we want to control the tightness of the building, and then put in proper ventilation to be able to serve that building the best way that we can. So that, that's the beginning step, I think, Larry, right there. So we want, we want the people in the house to be breathing, but the house not to be breathing. No, you well, want it to be breathing. We want the house bit. to breathe, yeah. just like we want our lungs to breathe, right? But what we don't do is uh, open up our heart to open up our lungs to let air in, right? We have a system that pulls air down to our lungs, which can distribute it throughout the body, right? A leaky house is like you're opening up your chest to get air into your chest. But I, I mean, I can't imagine any of us would think that that's a good way to go, right? We want uh, a system called an energy recovery ventilation system or a heat recovery ventilation ventilation system in a properly uh, sealed house to be able to do that efficiently and fact- effectively, just like our lungs do. So, Craig, uh, this is Jim. I, I have a question. So, um, the town of Brookline, and you are probably the, the right person to ask this question. Um, <clears throat> they have some people that are pushing forward for a proposal where all new construction eliminates hydrocarbon. So uh, new construction, uh, the, the heat's got to be, um, I guess, solar or wind or geothermal. or do, do you know about this proposal? Have you heard anything, read about I, it? I don't know about Brookline but I, specifically, but I certainly know that uh, not only in the Commonwealth, but across the United States, there is a movement, uh, for instance, in, um, in Berkeley, California, uh, they are not allowing any uh, homes to be connected to the natural gas system. So we're moving towards, as we transition, Jim, to a clean energy economy, one of the movements is going to be towards all electric homes. Now, that's another concept, Jim, as you know, that scares, you know, the crap out of realtors. Oh, my so, God. So has this... Homes, they're so expensive. And that's true if we think about the way we traditionally did all electric homes, which was resistant baseboard heating. Now we have these systems that are super efficient, uh, ductless mini-splits, heat pump systems that are so much more efficient than heat that can heat and cool the home at the same time. So there is a movement, along with induction cooktop ovens, to move towards all electric homes. I've sold six of them so far in my career, and all of them have been in the last couple of years. So we're seeing builders start to move this way as well. And there is a movement from municipalities from across the United States to start to look at this, consider this, you know. So so the reality is... Craig, so... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So did this actually pass in in, uh, Berkeley? Is that actually the new new law there? That's my understanding, yes. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wow. So it's... um I'm um, so uh, I'm just uh, concerned about those things. I uh, I I am an agent. I have heard about uh, electric, and yet I've been in in many homes, including some that you uh, currently are marketing, uh, Craig. And I know that the the breathability in the home, uh, the the air, is one of the major benefits. Um, is it better then w- when you change your home from one type to another that you're already forced hot air so you could use those ducts? 
Well, yeah. I mean, duct systems, I mean, if you wanted to use, instead of using the ductless mini-split systems, which you'll see over doorways, I'm sure you've both seen them now in homes uh, that you've shown, uh, you know, for uh, a luxury listing like the one that I have in Weston, those homeowners aren't going to want to see mini-splits over every doorway, right? So those can be ducted systems. Certainly a heat pump system can be used in a ducted fashion as well which is what we've used in that, in that home in Weston. Uh, so super efficient, really low cost. I'll, I'll give you an example of low cost, right? So our energy modeler said, and code built home, now this is a big home out in Weston, 7,600 square feet, 14 rooms, six bedrooms, seven and a half baths, said that a code built home would cost about 12,500 bucks a year just for heating, cooling, electricity costs for a standard home. We've got that down because we've got a really tight building envelope and we're using these really efficient uh, heat pump systems for both the heating and cooling and the water heater down to 3,100 bucks a year. Uh, so That's a significant saving, obviously. Savings. That's a significant. And then on top of that, we have a solar PV system which with the Massachusetts credits, and these, of course, vary across the United States, but Massachusetts uh, definitely does a great job of incentivizing homeowners with their state credits. We anticipate that those homeowners who own that solar PV system will be getting, uh, through the Massachusetts Incentive Program, checks from the utilities of about 4900 a year for 10 years. So their operating costs will be negative 1800 bucks a year. Um, pretty impressive. Now, you know, unfortunately, Larry, we can't do anything about the taxes in Weston. That's a tough one. But we, we, we can do a lot with uh, the utility costs, you know, for even large homes like this that are moving into this high-performance home category. So, Craig, what, what about the um, uh, solar tiles that mimic, say, like an asphalt shingle for the roof? I, I think that Tesla might be innovating in that direction, yeah. is is that something where you could see that in the future that would be the standard? Because how are we going to generate uh, electricity for these uh, non-hydrocarbon uh, houses uh, and not make them look? Uh, it's my opinion, but I, I think those solar panels are terribly ugly. On the back of a house where you can't see them, okay, but facing the street, you drive down the road and you go, oh, boy. What were they thinking? So, Jim, you, you've got a bunch of questions in there. I'm going to try to tear them apart one at a time, all right? Sure. So, first of all, I, you know, I, I love you. I think you're a great guy. But you and I have a, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? So, I drive down the street, and I see solar PV on a rooftop. And, dude, I think it's the sexiest thing on the face of the earth. So, that's the difference between you and I, all right? Um, and then the other thing that I, I always, you know, point out is I, I guess I missed the, the real estate question where asphalt shingles add aesthetic value to a home, right? Now, obviously, plate shingles, terracotta shingles, you know, we've got architectural shingles as well. So there is a market for Tesla uh, uh, solar tiles that is emerging in California. There's no question about that. And I think they're absolutely right that that will be a game changer as it rolls down the pike here. Um, my worry personally from the solar PV installers that I've, I've heard, right, in Massachusetts, that there's a reason that there's a four-inch gap between the PV panels and the rooftop because 
they need some airflow and the panels do heat up. So I, I certainly, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how the technology happens here in the Northeast. I have to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to be the first to market with this because I'd just like to see how it, how it rolls out. That's my concern about that. But uh, assuming that Tesla has done a good, good job, and I, I think that's a fair assumption um, with, with their work on this, that I think you're right, that, is, that can be a real game changer. But at the same time, we already have 90,000 homes in the state with PV, right? And the reason that that's the case is not because we have 90,000 tree huggers in this state, right? Um, we have a lot of people that are just making a smart economic choice when they look at two things, both the rate of electricity here in the Northeast, which is, is extraordinary high, and the volatility of those power prices. I mean, I remember, you know, four or five years ago when the utility companies for residential end users raised the rates by 26 and 31 percent. That volatility is tough. And the cool thing about solar PV is that you can control operating costs and you can control the volatility in those power markets as well. Okay. So, in, so another question about uh, the, the PV. Um, I just built a house. So I was looking into it. I kind of ran the numbers. I figured maybe I'm going to be there under 10 years. Maybe I'm going to be under the five years. It doesn't even matter. There's two things. One is the cost of it. What, what's the, what's the break-even point? Because you're, you're saying, well, I'm getting my energy for free. Yeah, but it costs you $35,000 to get your energy for free. And that's money that you spent up front. And then in the future, what I was talking about with the uh, less obvious choice that will probably be coming on within the next three to five years, it's going to look like old technology. So you spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, and now you you made your house look like, uh, I don't know, like uh, asbestos shingle from, you know, the 1920s. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, it's, it sort of puts a date stamp on it, you know, when you go into a house and you see flock wallpaper, you know, that was the 60s, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I hear your concerns, absolutely. So, again, let me break down a couple of the different questions. These are great questions. These are great conversations. Yeah, so I'm just, trying, I'm, to, I'm, glad you're, you're, uh, I'm just trying to put it into perspective. Why should people so, do it? Let, yeah, so let, let me give you one reason. is So, the, the you know, let's break it down from an ROI perspective. The way the state incentive programs are modeled is for a homeowner that does make that investment, let's say for a five kilowatt system, now you can get it for less than $4 per watt installed. So you should be under $20,000 for you know a kind of a medium-sized system. Uh, on top of that, you, so the state incentives and the federal incentives combined together are designed so that homeowners can get a payback in a five to six year period for something that has a 25-year useful life, right? So that's what makes it be a real economic no-brainer. You know, now I don't know their number numbers you got or who you got them from or you know what the deal was, but that, generally speaking, is how the market has been driven to to work. Now that doesn't mean that there's so that, you know what I worry about is a homeowner that gets a call from a solar PV installer and doesn't do their due diligence and, you know, look for multiple costs, you know. 
So one place that, I, you know, I would ask your listeners, and, and uh, this website's good for across the United States. I don't know about your worldwide reach, but there's a Boston company called EnergySage.com. It's a really, really good resource for any home buyer, homeowner thinking about putting solar PV on their home. And the cool thing about it is you put your zip code in there, you put your address in there, and you'll get four or five quotes from solar PV installers that know they're competing against each other, right? So that's a really good resource for us as realtors, right? Because, you know, I get asked all the time, too, you know, who would you use? And I, I hate to answer that question because, you know, you, you know, the three of us know that kind of question can put you in real estate jail pretty quickly if it turns out badly. So I direct people to energysage.com. It's a really, really good resource where you get competitive bids uh, for, for the system that you're installing, right? The, the um, starter of that was uh, a, a guy named Vikram Agarwal. And, uh, he, yeah, exactly he, right. Yeah, he has been doing great work for a couple of years um, on, on in this front, and I do love that uh, um, platform that he has and the amount of information that he provides. It's incredible, Larry. You're absolutely right. It's a great, great, great resource. But then... Um, uh, Jim's second question, what, what, what was it, you know, oh, uh, about, you know, doing it now or doing it later, waiting for the right technology, you know, that's not only solar PV, that's everything that we're talking about. We're in the uh, a transition to a clean energy economy. That's, that's where we're going, whether any of us like it or not, that's the deal, right? That's, that's your refrigerators, but, uh, that's your stoves, that's on your... on our hands, and that's how we're going to have to deal with it, right? But... You know, so from Jim's, I would say this to Jim, if anybody's thinking about putting solar PV on their home right now, by the end of this year, the 30% investment tax credit uh, goes down to 26% for next year and then down to 22% by 2021. And then if Congress doesn't act, it will expire. Now, if I'm putting a 20K solar PV system on my home and I'm a realtor, right, we have a we have a tax appetite. We're independent contractors. And I can take 30% of the installed price off from that, of off what I owe the federal government next year, 6000 bucks. That's pretty compelling. That drops down to 26% next year, 22% the following year. On top of that, Massachusetts, I get to take $1,000 off what I owe the Massachusetts, Massachusetts state uh, taxes next year. So there are some compelling reasons here and now to do this. I get your concern, Jim, about, you know, waiting for the right technology, but when are you waiting to one, too? You know, I, I mean, none of us have a crystal ball. Neither one of us can answer that question. That's up to, you know, Jim, your choices that you make, my choices, Larry's choices, or any individual homeowner. But I, I think that should be when we're when when we're asked these questions or talking about this product that should be part of the dialogue as well okay great uh so uh, Bro broker talk is sponsored today by castles unlimited where you get the best real estate offers online go to castlesunlimited.com for all your real estate needs and craig we we actually have a question that uh, was written in from annabelle chignell from fort lauderdale florida uh, she wants to know this. Uh, she says, I'm renovating my house and I plan to take it down to the studs. What do you, what do you suggest that the owner of a Sunbelt home should do to renovate green? Well, that's an excellent question. Again, I want to 
to, you know, I, our environment up here is very different than it is down there, obviously. So, you know, I'm not, I, you know, I, I care about building science. I know a fair amount about it, but I certainly want a building science expert that knows the climate down there. So I, I would tend to look for a local HERS rater. So a HERS score or HERS rater stands for Home Energy Rating Score. And if I, I would suggest this for any builder as well that's building up here in the Northeast because we're moving to a code that requires HERS scores for homes, is get a HERS rater on your team before you start to do anything. Because those are the guys that can that really understand the climate and they know how to do things cost effectively. So that would be my start, um, it, particularly in a climate that I'm, I, I'm not uh, aware of what the best building science practices are. So we've we've covered a uh, we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, I, I want to reiterate that the first thing that you want to be concerned about is your insulation and making your house tighter and stronger through throughout. Am I correct there, uh, Craig? Yeah, air sealing and insulation. Exactly right. Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> so um, I, I want to uh, also say that uh, Craig is part of a group uh, called Rethink 39, and their goal, their stated goal, is to get uh, energy consumption in the U.S. down to 39 percent. Where is it right now, Craig? Well, that's where we are, actually. Our, the real estate team that I lead here at Lair Realty Partners is called Rethink 39 Group. We picked that because currently... 39% of U.S. energy consumption is attributed to the built environment, so the homes we live in and the buildings that we work in. That's, you know, a surprising large percentage. I think when we to think about the carbon challenges in front of us, we tend to look at the vehicle sector, which is only 28% of U.S. energy consumption. So one of the things, you know, I do a lot of work with National Association of Realtors. I'm the chair of the Sustainability Advisory Group right now for NAR. And... And uh, that's a really compelling number for them to realize that, you know, we're a big part of the problem, but we also have an opportunity as a trade organization to be a big part of the solution. In our team here, we feel that with every transaction that we're involved in, existing homes, new construction, whatever it may be, working with homeowners after the point of sale to, you know, uh, uh, give them awareness about the Mass Save program and the incentives that are available, that we can be part of a solution with every transaction that we participate in. That's excellent news. Thanks, Thanks so, uh, so much, Craig. Uh, at this point, we usually go to some news items. Yeah. Did you bring anything in? I, I just like the fact that IBM is suing Zillow. Yeah, yeah. That's I a, think that, it's awesome. That's what I wanted I don't to start think, with. I don't think they'll prevail. I think that it's just one of these patent trolling uh, lawsuits and uh, – It'll be in the courts, and eventually, uh, who knows, it might even be dismissed. But it's just nice to know that Zillow's being sued. <laughs> well, Wait, it, when it, was it, this announced, Jim? Was this just today? I missed this. Yes, uh, it, today. Yeah, it's, it, it's in today's Inman. It, it has to do with um, six of the algorithms that they're using, and they're pretty compelling uh, technology. So... Um, there, of course, will be some kind of a settlement with this, but Zillow right now is just ignoring it because they're a great big old gorilla. Well, they're not ignoring it anymore. They were ignoring it, and that's why they got the lawsuit. 
Yeah. The suit is based on the fact that Dillo may have ripped off the algorithms from IBM. Is that is that what? That I is exactly that is exactly what they're saying. Interesting. Uh, but Zillow's uh, comment today is, we are aware of the lawsuit filled, filed in federal court. We believe the claims in the case are without merit, and we intend to vigorously defend ourselves against the lawsuit. Now, All, all 208 pages of it. Right. Good right. for them. What criminal doesn't say that? And I'm not saying Zillow's a criminal. Uh, uh, but uh, no, I, I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> Some of their, their tactics have been pretty, uh, uh, pretty compelling. Um, what else? Jim lacks opinions. I think that's really his biggest problem. I I just want to. Well, um, do you have any more news? I I, I do. I have another <laughs> one that I I think is kind of a good idea. Uh, Uber and Lyft in these ride sharing services are kind of ruining one of the taxicab businesses, uh, many taxicab businesses, um, now there is a movement to tax Uber and Lyft in Seattle and use that money for affordable housing projects. I think it's a, a great way to, to get taxes out of corporations to rebuild our infrastructure in our community is a fantastic idea. And I think they should tax McDonald's also. Yeah, McDonald's. How about the churches? Absolutely. Please don't get me here, going. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Broker Talk is a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. How's that? That's that's a pretty good ending. I want to thank uh, Craig Foley today. Yes, thank uh, you, Craig. Great show. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back next week. Baba Booey.